Joining me today is a Canadian businessman, lawyer, member of parliament, and the founder and head of the People's Party of Canada, Maxime Bernier. Welcome to the Rubin Report. Thanks for the invitation, Dave. I'm very happy to be with you. I am glad you're here. I am pretty sure. How many people are there in Canada, roughly? <laughs> 37 million people. 37 million. So I've gotten about 36 million emails <laughs> to have you on the show or on Twitter. I mean, everybody in Canada seems to want us to do this sit down. So, so I'll do my best. <laughs> so we shall see what happens. Okay. No, there, there's many reasons that I'm looking forward to this chat. And originally we were going to do this on Skype, and then you were gracious yes, enough to say let's yeah. let's do this in person. Um, the fact that somebody in Canada is spreading the ideas of liberty and of the individual and limited government and all of those things is incredibly inspiring to me, and it's more of what we need down here too. Uh, but let's just start first with a little bit of your biography for people that don't know anything about you. Yes, uh, I'm a lawyer. Uh, I did also a course in uh, businesses before, um, and I work in the private sector in Montreal, Quebec, uh, in the financial sector. I was VP of uh, financial institutions. And after that, I work with the Montreal Economic Institute. That's a free market think tanks, like maybe the Mises Institute and uh, like that. I was VP over there. And in 2005, um, I had a meeting with Stephen Hopper. At that time, he was the leader of the opposition before the election in 2006. Uh, and so he was looking for some ideas to be able to have some seats in Quebec. As you know, Quebec is the francophone part of the country. And so we had a good chat together and I told him, you know, there's two important things that you must uh, say to Quebecers if you want to win. First, uh, you must respect the constitution because in Quebec, if you remember, we had the two referendum and uh, we, we still have a separatist uh, uh, political party at the provincial level. So I told him, you know, respect the Canadian constitution. Don't interfere in provincial jurisdiction and everything will, will, will be okay. And also lower taxes, income tax uh, to Quebecers and all Canadians. And at the end, <coughs> that was, I think, a good proposal for Quebec, but also for uh, all across the country. And he decided to put that in his platform uh, and he asked me to run with him in 2006. So I decided to run, and uh, my riding, my district, it is in Beauce, near Quebec City. It's a half rural, half urban riding, and I went there because uh, my dad was an MP under Brian Maroney uh, for uh, 13 years. And so when I came in Beauce in 2006 uh, to run, the director of my campaign told me, Maxime, we have a problem with you. Uh, because I was working in Montreal, I was not in the writing. He said, you have a name. My dad was very well known, but you don't have a first name. Mm -hmm. So I uh, go at the end of the campaign, people must know you. So I did a good campaign and uh, at the end uh, I won. And also Stephen Hopper, we formed the government in 2006, a minority government, 2008, a minority government. And I was industry minister at that time. I did a big deregulation in telecom and that's why people, uh, at that time, they, they call me the uh, Albertan from Quebec because in Alberta, they are very free markets. And yeah. in Quebec, at the provincial level, we have a big, fat and socialist government. So, and I deregulate the telecom industry. It was a big success. And after that, uh, uh, Prime Minister asked me to be the foreign affair. And I was a foreign affair for a year. 
and I resigned and I came back in the cabinet in 2010 and um, I was a minister for small business and after that uh, minister for uh, state for agriculture. And uh, so we had a majority government in 2011 and so uh, we did some reform and after that in 2015 um, Trudeau went in power. Uh, and uh, I'm still a member of parliament yep. and Harper resigned as the leader of the party and the fun is coming right now <laughs> <laughs> because I decided to run for the leadership yeah. and uh, create after that I didn't win with 49% of the votes and I was the most libertarian candidate and I had a very strong platform about individual freedom, personal responsibility, Actually, the four themes of our platform was individual freedom, personal responsibility, respect, and fairness. Who doesn't love to curl up on the couch with a great bottle of wine? I know I do, but not just any bottle of wine. That's why I'm eager to try a personalized bottle chosen just for me by First Leaf, the only wine club that tailors its wine choices to an individual member's preferences. They send their wine experts around the world searching for the best wines, then cut out the middleman and share the savings with you. Go online, answer a couple simple questions about your wine drinking preferences, and First Leaf sends you an introductory order of three bottles. Rate the wines online. First Leaf takes your ratings and selects new wines for your next shipment, which, by the way, you can schedule as often as you'd like. After you rate your first three wines, the next box should be even better. First Leaf, it gets better with every box. Sign up with my link and you'll get an exclusive intro offer, three bottles of wine for only $15 plus free shipping. And that's not all. If you rate these three wines, you'll get an extra 10 bucks off your next box. Just go to tryfirstleaf.com slash Ruben. That's tryfirstleaf.com slash Ruben. And now back to the show. And all our policies were based on uh, these uh, principles. That was very successful uh, at 49%. And, uh, you know, I was the only one to say we must abolish corporate welfare 100%. We must also cut foreign aid. And, um, and do a lot of changes like that uh, on the economy and also on the immigration. I had a strong platform. So I didn't win. I tried to work with the new leader, um, Andrew Scheer. I tried to, uh, I wanted the leadership of the Conservative Party of Canada to adopt some of our reforms because that was very popular. And a year later, uh, he told me that uh, they didn't want me anymore. They won't take any of, our, of the ideas that I put forward. And also, I did a couple of tweets that they didn't like. Uh, about we'll get to your Twitter okay. in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Don't yeah. Worry about that. And so um, I resigned from the party, and in September, I decided to create the uh, People's Party of Canada. Yeah, all right. So we've got <laughs> your, your basic yeah. political pedigree there. Yeah. Uh, is there an inherent sort of oddity of a libertarian trying to go into government, where most people that go into government want to grow government. They yes. believe that if only their policies were instituted, they could have a better government that could do more and so on. Yeah. Versus a libertarian comes in, you cut regulation, you wanted to cut some programs, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. 
it's almost like you're trying to shrink the thing that's also your job. Now, you've had real jobs also, yeah. so I suspect you could look at it perhaps a little bit differently. Yeah, because, you know, I was in the private sector before, and I know that too much government, it is not uh, bringing prosperity. Uh, and I'm a kind of an Australian economist also. Uh, I like Mises and all, um, you know, my, my preferred website is Mises.org. So I'm, 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 I'm uh, on the economy, I can... Call, you can call me a libertarian, uh, but um, I'm not a real libertarian because a real libertarian will ask for uh, open borders or uh, no more regulations or legislation on drugs. And so I, I don't believe in that. I think we must have a state that will have some regulation, basic yeah. regulations. So how do you figure out where that line is? That, that's been one of the yeah. themes that I talk about with a lot of different guests. And that sort of seems to be a little bit of the difference between people who consider themselves classical liberals and libertarians, where yeah. there's a little more, say, hand of the state on the classical liberal side, libertarians, it's hard to know where, yes. the, where yeah. the end is. Yeah. Are, we, are we just in Mad Max? <laughs> Mad Max, which yeah. sometimes they call you Mad Max. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, so, so for, for me, it's, it's all about the economy. Uh, that's the most important. Uh, and yes, um, you know, our social policies uh, must be for more freedom and personal responsibility. And I tried to make a big difference with the state and the economy, like we did in the past, with the states and, and religious, you know. Uh, so that's always important to have the, this uh, difference. And on the economy, it's easy to be a libertarian and a it's easier to be a libertarian and a politician uh, because, you know, it's all special interest group that are coming to you and they want uh, a privilege or, or, um, or more, uh, more subsidies or things like that. So I'm making the line when I'm saying, you know, I want me, uh, what I want, I want to work for all Canadians and not for a special interest group. And when, I don't know, a special interest group is coming to us and they just want to promote their privilege or to keep their privilege, that would be easy for me to say, no, I won't do that. The best example was the, the, the cartel that we have in Canada in, uh, in uh, supply management. That's a socialist system that Pierre Elliott Trudeau uh, put forward 45 years ago where milk, poultry and eggs, uh, the producers are fixing the price and fixing the production for the Canadian market. They cannot export. So Canadians are paying twice the price for milk, poultry and eggs if you compare that with the price that you're paying here in the US. Mm. So this cartel is very powerful. And when they came to me and they wanted to keep their privilege, I say, no, you know, we'll abolish that. We'll have a transition period. You'll be able to export. I believe in a real free market. It's, if a free market is good for every industry, it must be good also for these people. So, so what's the counter argument on that, though? If Trudeau now, yeah. not, not the old Trudeau, but if our current Trudeau yeah. or your current Trudeau yeah. was giving the counter argument on why you wouldn't free that up. Yeah. Is that just because he doesn't believe in free market economics? But it's because it is a powerful lobby and also they want to keep seats also and they are very powerful in rural areas in the country and, uh, and so forth they're powerful. Second, uh, he's buying in their arguments that you know uh, if we have milk from the US or eggs from the US uh, that won't be the same quality and we need to stop that for being sure that we can uh, control the quality of our products and so that's another argument but for me you know <laughs> when you have a legislation uh, everybody must respect that so if you want to export to Canada your eggs or your 
poultry or your milk, you must follow the Canadian uh, legislation and regulation. That's uh, that's a no deal. And yeah. uh, but it's 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 the powerful. They're very powerful. So they, the thinking is they want to keep not only Trudeau but also my former party, the Conservative Party of Canada, the NDP. Also, they they're too afraid to uh, to uh, just just listen to Canadians. They think that, oh, we have a good system, and they think that Canadians, they, they think that Canadians don't understand that system. They think that Canadians don't understand that they're paying twice the price. So the more I speak about that, the more popular it is, and that was very important in my campaign for the leadership, and it is also part of our platform right now. So answering your questions, why Trudeau want to keep that cartel, I think it's only for political reason. So. Is the idea of, of liberty and personal responsibility and some of the other things that you're running on, are these oddly new in Canada? And I say that because when, yeah. when you started coming on my radar about a year ago and I saw people started tweeting about you, there were a lot of people saying something to the effect of, wow, if a libertarian is needed in Canada, then something really must be wrong there. As if there was no need for it for a long time, but yeah. maybe something unique is happening now. Yeah, people are ready for the new ideas, and I think people are fed up with traditional politicians that are saying something a day and the opposite the other day. A politician that tried to please the special interest group. So what I'm doing, you know, I'm doing politics differently. And, uh, you know, there's no political correctness uh, for our party. I'm saying what, I, what must be said for better uh, policies in this country, in Canada, sorry. And so the... Um, I think people are ready, and and what's happening actually right now, you know, it's good to have the right ideas, but it's good, it's better to have the right ideas at the right time, and I think the timing is very good for us, for me, because we have a government in, in Ottawa right now, the Trudeau government, that are spending a lot of money, huge deficit, people they don't see, and we don't know when they will balance the budget. Uh, it must be around 2024. Uh, and everybody knows that the, the deficit of today are the taxes of tomorrow. So a huge deficit, huge taxes in Ottawa. Uh, and the economy is so-so right now in Canada. So people are looking for a kind of alternative. And, uh, and I think the timing is good for me because uh, in, a, in a poll, 57% of Canadians said uh, maybe a month ago that they're ready to vote for a new party. Mm. So we are a pr very new party, four months, a month old, and they're ready to vote for a new party and not voting for the traditional parties. Something is happening. I think uh, the big government in Ottawa, every time putting a lot of regulations and a lot of uh, subsidies to businesses, uh, you know, the government bailed out the GM a couple of years ago, more than $2.5 billion, and GM said uh, two months ago that they will uh, uh, leave Canada. Yeah. So it, it's a waste of money. Uh, we're giving a lot of money to big businesses, and all the other politicians are saying, yeah, it's okay, we must help business. What I'm saying, yes, we must help businesses, but every business is having a fair policy that is to lower taxes to every businesses and not giving uh, subsidies and picking winner and loser. Yeah. So I think people are ready for a change. They're seeing what's happening in our country and they know that we're not going in the right direction right now. So let's talk a little bit about regulation yeah. because I think a lot of people think, especially if they're on the left right now, 
they think if you say I'm cutting regulation, well, first they go to environmental regulation. Yeah. I think that's what they think first, so I do want to ask yeah. you about that. Yeah. But also they think if you're just talking about it purely at a business level, that that means that capitalism will then run amok. Sure. You know, that all of these businesses will then start dumping in the rivers and doing shady deals with each other and competition will be crushed and all of those things. So you, do you want to do business or, or environment first on the regulation front? Yeah, I think... Let's do, let's do business first and then we'll get Yeah, it. let's do business first. Uh, you know, business must answer the needs of their consumers. So uh, consumers are asking for better products and for uh, um, products that's that will respect the environment. Uh, that's why they're asking for electric cars. And so you don't always need regulation to force that. The free markets, the, the, uh, the wish of the people will force businesses to adopt their practice in the right way. And so when you have, when you have a real free market and when you have competition, it's always good at the end for the consumers. You'll have a better products and you'll have uh, a lower prices. But at the same thing, the way, at the same time, the way that they are producing their products will change. Uh, right now, you know, people, the best, and some people are telling me, you know, we must have, uh, you know, corporate social. Uh, um, uh, a corporate, how do you call that? Corporate social... Uh, corporate welfare? No, no, corporate social identity. A corporation must be socially well... Oh, they have to have like a social awareness. Social sort of. awareness. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, you know, not really, because a corporation first must make profits. If they don't make any profit, <laughs> they, they, won't, they won't be able to do anything. So if they're profitable, it's because you want their, consumer, consumers want their goods and, mm -hmm. and products. So that's the first goal of our corporation, to make products. And, and, and I think that you need regulation, but uh, what we're doing right now, every time that something happens, we put a new regulation, but they must be responsible of their actions, corporations and individuals. So that, that's important for me and I think Canadians understand that. Yeah, what about on the environmental side? I think yeah. this is the big one, I think. Even for people who can understand free market economics yeah, yeah. a little bit more, people think you just can't leave this environmental issues up to, to private companies. Yeah. You know, you can sue a corporation if they don't respect the regulations. Actually, you know, clean uh, water, it's very important. But, you know, uh, when you have facilities that are owned by the government or by the municipalities, uh, everything must be public if they're doing tests and, and things like that, uh, if the water is clean or not. When it's not public, you cannot, uh, you cannot sue them if they, don't, uh, if they don't respect the regulation. So I remember that Margaret Thatcher in Europe, the way to clean water over there was to have a regulation saying every test that you're doing, and that was done by municipalities, a public entity, must be public. And you will be responsible to be sure that you respect the regulation. She, she just put a regulation on that. Mm -hmm. Every test was public. And five years later, <laughs> the water was cleaner than it was before because mm -hmm. they didn't want to be sued. They didn't want to be so. So they were responsible. So when you have a real free market, when everything is on the table and you know the information, that brings usually uh, a better quality of uh, water or land. And so you have 
property right for that. And property rights, it's the basics of, of all that. But speaking about environment, now the debate in Canada, it's climate change. Yeah. So, so everybody wants to do something about climate change, and I'm the only party who said, you know, we won't do anything. Uh, environment in Canada, it's a shared jurisdiction with provinces and the federal government. And I don't believe in the Paris Accord. I don't believe that Canada would be able to achieve the goals that they put in the Paris Accord. And actually, uh, the UN and the uh, radical environmental in Canada said the same thing, that Trudeau wants to impose a carbon tax of $20 a ton. And he must impose a carbon tax of at least $200 a ton if he, he wants to achieve his target so at $20 a ton it will be only a distortion for the economy and and hard-working families will pay will pay higher prices so that's why you know I don't believe in Paris Accord and I think that we must uh, not impose new regulation on that we must let provinces and other provincial government if they want to have a cap and trade like they have here in the US and other kind of a process for that for us uh, I want to have a program that will maybe be very strong on clear water, clear air, something that people understand, and having the property rights uh, that will work, and more information. You need more information at the same time to be sure that people will understand if this lake is clear or not. How are those New Year's resolutions working out for you? If you're like most of us, I'm thinking probably not so good. All right, we got off to a rough start. Let's make 2019 the year we support our happiest, healthiest selves. We do that with Calm, the number one app to help you sleep, meditate, and relax. If you head over to calm.com slash Ruben, you'll get 25% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programs, including guided meditations for anxiety, stress, and focus, and a brand new meditation each day called the Daily Calm. Calm also has sleep stories, kind of like bedtime stories for adults, and they're designed to help you relax before you doze off. Tonight, you might want to try Stephen Fry's journey through the lavender fields of Provence. Très bien. Calm is true to its word. I'm calmer. It's that simple. For a limited time, Ruben Report listeners get 25% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash Ruben, that's C-A-L-M dot com slash Ruben. Get unlimited access to all of Calm's content today at Calm dot com slash Ruben. Give yourself the gift of Calm and have a happy and healthy 2019. Valentine's Day and roses go together like peanut butter and jelly. It's hard to think of one without the other. So it wouldn't truly feel like Valentine's Day unless there are roses involved. And this season, the biggest and brightest roses are only found at 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, when you order early, 1-800-Flowers has amazing deals on vibrant and romantic Valentine's rose bouquets, arrangements, and more starting at just $29.99. There are so many unbelievable deals from 1-800-Flowers, but you have to hurry. Send mom roses because, well, she's mom and you love her. The blooms are gorgeous and smell great, which mom will love, and the ordering process couldn't be easier, which you will love. Bouquet prices will be going up soon, so take advantage today. Pick your delivery date and let 1-800-Flowers handle the rest. When it comes to Valentine's Day, don't settle for anything less than the Rose Authority, 1-800-Flowers.com. To order Valentine's bouquets, arrangements, and more starting at $29.99, go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click the radio icon, and enter code RUBIN. Order today and save at 1-800-Flowers.com, code RUBIN. And now back to the show. Yeah, so I'm glad you mentioned that because it seems to me that it's about information and being able to get your messaging across. So, for yeah. example, the Paris Accords, which obviously the United States pulled out of, 
It seems very easy. If you listen to the media, it was very easy. We have to be part of the Paris Accords. And then if you ask anyone what the Paris Accords are, they have no idea. If you ask them, well, is it a binding? Is there any, yeah. you know, um, is there anyone watching to make sure any of yeah. this happens? They have no idea, and the answer is no. I just read last month that despite the, uh, despite the U.S. pulling out of the Accords, yeah. that right now the U.S. is meeting most, if not, or exceeding all of the standards of the Accords. Yeah. So how much of this is just about getting your messaging across because uh, this will shift us a little bit to talking about the media, yeah. which you've had an interesting relationship with, uh, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, you're right about that. You know, It's all about uh, virtue signaling for a politician. And, but I think Canadians understand that. They understand when I'm saying, you know, uh, the Trudeau government uh, actually right now, they are hypocrite. They are saying something to the population, knowing that they won't be able to achieve that. So I prefer to tell the truth, saying, you know, we won't think that, and we won't do anything to achieve that, and we won't spend $2.3 billion to send that to African countries to help them to fight climate change. I think we must help Canadians first, so that's part of our platform. But the other party, like the Conservative Party also, they don't want to have a carbon tax, but they want to impose more regulations uh, on Canadian businesses. And that's not the solution, but they, they try to please maybe the media, but also a portion of the population. And I think that, you know, when you explain, and that's what I like in politics, you know, I like to explain our policies and why we are, we are having the right policies based on freedom and responsibility. And when you explain that, the more you explain, I think the better people understand it and the more... Um, uh, more people will want to vote for our party. So for me, when I'm the only one to speak against the Paris Accord, uh, there are a huge clientele there, and it won't hurt me. It will help me at the end. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm, you know, uh, my my deal with Canadians is be true, tell what you be believe in, and have some debates, real debates, and that's important for me. So yes, the media are playing an important role, but we need to use also the social media, and that's why you know uh, I'm very pleased to be here to speak to the American audience and Canadian audience and just try to uh, have a conversation with them and you. Yeah, well, what's the state of the media in Canada <laughs> right now? You guys have, you guys have a whole different set of problems than oh we do. Oh my God. What, what is going on with the CBC and just oh. everything else in Canada? Yeah, you know, we have the CBC. I then. like how your whole body language yeah. changes immediately. Here we go. Yeah, we have the CBC and the, the federal government is giving about $1.3 billion a year to the state uh, uh, broadcaster, the CBC, and in French, it's Radio Canada. And I'm the only politician, and it's, it's a very popular policy that we must cut that because it is unfair. The CBC are competing with other private broadcasters uh, for the advertising, uh, and also they receive money from the government. So it is not fair. We must uh, cut the CBC, and uh, uh, what I want, I want the CBC to be a little bit like a PBS in the state. Mm -hmm. If they're so good, they will be able to have money from their viewers. But also the CBC, uh, their editorial board, are a little bit, yeah. I, I would be very, uh, very <laughs> kind, a little bit leftist. So, yeah. so You're being very kind. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, uh, it's worse in French, though. The Radio Canada in French are more leftist than CBC sometimes. Inter so, is, there, is there a reason for that? You know, uh, it's like your media here a little bit, but 
but the the worst thing is it is funded by the government. Yeah. So so if you're a, I don't know a CNN and you don't receive any funds by the government and you want to to uh, be on the left, it's it, it's your corporate decision. But the CBC must be more neutral, and they're not. So that's the big problem that we have in Canada. The way to fix that is first of all, CBC must be. Uh, must uh, receive money from their viewers first and second uh, the government must uh, if the government is giving money to the CBC we must know the uh, what's happening and maybe the executive of the CBC must be before the parliament once a year to explain their editorial uh, policy but that being said uh, the media we have the CBC we have the traditional media but when you're a, a real conservative or a right-wing politician uh, you don't have the same coverage than the uh, the liberals or the left uh, they're having in, in 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 these traditional media. Do you, do you think, in a weird way, that that's working to your favor now? Because, I think so. because at least in the circles that I can see, you seem to be the hottest Canadian politician, despite, <laughs> despite the fact, and it, maybe it's fueled by, maybe it's yeah. not despite, yeah. maybe because of the fact that you're the outsider from the media and people are so fed up with the media. That it's like, oh, here, here's this guy doing it, you know, yeah. circumventing them. And also, you know, um, when the media, the traditional media are writing something about us or my party that is not true, I will call that. I will, uh, and I'm very, very factual on, on, on social media and Twitter about it. And, uh, you know, I, I don't try to please everybody. Or I don't try to please the media. They have to do a job. If they're fair, it's okay. If they're not fair, I will be out there and, uh, and I, will, uh, I will argue my case. And that's not all all the politicians, the politicians are not doing that. They want to be um, fine with the media. They don't want to have a fight with the media. And for mm -hmm. me, I will have a fight with a journalist uh, if uh, he's not doing his job. And I think people appreciate that. So yes, when they're doing something not um, objective on our policies, on my party, that can help me at the end. Because, you know, the credibility of journalists, it is not the same with people like you on social media. People have another way to find their news and they're a little bit more critics toward uh, the traditional journalists. And yes, I agree with you, that can help me yeah, as a politician. Are, are you able to debate some of your political opponents these days? I mean, does, does anyone in Canada put these kind of talks on television where you can actually get into the ideas with, with some of the people that you disagree with? You no, know, usually when I'm on t uh, the traditional TV in Canada, it's all about, you know, um, Five minutes, six minutes. Yeah, you don't, and they want to get you. I mean, yeah, I've seen some yeah, yeah, yeah. They want they want to have it, and they don't give you enough time to insert uh, the questions and uh, to go deeper in the subject. Uh, but that's why I use social media. That's why I'm present in social media. So, but you know, I need to deal with that, uh, and I think it's it's going very well right now. So, how does this all link to just sort of the state of free speech in Canada? Oh, because yeah. there does something seem to be something particularly unique yeah. in Canada, which is why I've had so many Canadian guests and why Canada is usually our second or third most viewed country. Uh, obviously, there was the Jordan Peterson oh. incident with C16. Yeah. There's what happened with uh, Lindsay Shepard at yes. uh, Wilfrid Laurier. Yeah. Uh, you've got Gad Sad up there, who's who's always fighting the the battle of free speech. Is there something? Is it is this new? What's happening related to political correctness in Canada? Yeah, I think first of all that started. Uh, 
40 years ago in the university in Canada, like in the US, but now what's happening, there are some politicians who believe in that. And with that motion, M103, the Bill C-16 now, uh, these people that were, that were on the, at school a couple of years ago, 40 years ago, now some of them are politicians. And uh, you have this debate right now, and it's, it's good for us that we have Jordan Peterson and people like that. Um, we must fight. I think we must not take for granted in Canada our freedom of expression, uh, free speech, and, and we must fight. And I'm doing that as a politician. Uh, and you know, with, with that bill, C-16, that was crazy bill. You know, uh, Jordan, they want to force us, Jordan, to uh, speak with a transgender, uh, not he or she, but what was the word? Uh, well, it was whatever they wanted. Whatever they want, yeah. yeah but there's no obligation, you know? <laughs> there's no obligation to please everybody. Yeah. And, and Is that, that what this all comes down to, though? That people just don't understand the fundamental responsibility of government in a free society? I mean, if we were boiling all this into one thing, yeah. that seems to me to be it. Yeah, you, you, you don't want the government to tell you what to do. You don't want the government to tell you what to say. You know, it, it's the basics of our democracy. And, and actually, you know, one of our candidates, Laura Lynn, because we're, we have uh, three by-elections in Canada at the end of February, the 25th of February, and I will have candidates, the People's Party of Canada will have candidates. And one of our candidates, Laura Lynn in BC, um, uh, Burnaby, BC, in that writing, she at the provincial level, uh, fight for um, uh, gender against gender fluidity uh, in BC in the school. It's a provincial jurisdiction. They wanted to teach at school to young kids that if you're a boy, you may not be a boy, mm -hmm. and if you're a girl, you may not be a girl, and you can choose your sex. The state wants to impose that and to teach that to young people. And Laura Lynch said, no, I, I don't want that. I don't want the state to tell us what to do. And that must be the responsibility of the parents. Mm -hmm. You don't have to put that in the mind of a young boy, six or seven or five years old. So, but when she decided to be our candidate, all the mainstream media, oh, Bernie, and I said, you know, she has the right to her own opinion. And that's a great debate that they had at the provincial level. Now she's doing politics at the federal level. But you know, they were, try they were trying to look at her like, you know, she may be a crazy candidate because she, she, she has some, uh, some opinions and strong opinions. But you know, because I believe in freedom of speech, uh, our candidates can have opinions like that. We have candidates that are pro-choice, we have candidates that are pro-life, but Justin Trudeau and the Liberals, they don't want any pro-life candidates. So for me, my party must be like the, the, uh, the, our Canadian society. So yes, I will tolerate different point of view, yeah. but people must be all behind our programs, a program that's very important. Yeah. But yes, we have this debate right now in Canada about the state and imposing some, some values that uh, I think that's not the role of the government. Yeah, is it actually part of the policy of the Trudeau government that you, if you're pro-life that you actually can't be, um, but, you know, it's, it's a, in the party platform? It's a party platform. Yeah. If you're a pro-life person, 
you cannot be a candidate for the Liberal Party of Canada. Yeah. And Justin Trudeau said that. But you know, that government is all obsessed by sex and gender. Yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, it's endless with him. Oh yeah, the, the, the last budget, you know, that was a, a gender budget. What does that even mean? But, but what that mean? They didn't have a lot of economic data in the budget. Yeah. You're supposed to be a budget, supposed to have economy, uh, economic data. They yeah. didn't have a lot of economic data. But uh, I think the word gender was in the budget 300 times. Wow. So, and, and the F, I will give you an example. If you want to build a pipeline in Canada mm -hmm. with the new bill C-69, you need to do uh, intersectorial sex and gender analysis. Don't ask me what that means. <laughs> Intersectional sex and gender analysis. That's in the legislation. So the sex and gender... To build a pipeline. To build a pipeline. Yeah, a lot of people were talking about this when we were in Alberta. Yeah, yeah. The sex yeah. and gender expert will look at the impact of building a pipeline in a rural community with men and women and the sex and so it's crazy. It's a nonsense. It's crazy. So and this government is obsessed about that. And I think that's why people are looking for an alternative. So so a guy like Trudeau, it's hard to judge what's really going on in someone's mind. But do you think he really believes in the things that he's saying when it comes to all of this gender stuff? Or is it just that it always leads to bigger government. And what he wants fundamentally is bigger government because he wants more power. He believes yeah. in state power. Yeah. So, so that it's almost like it's, a, it's an ends. The ends justify the means. It's like, you'll just say anything about gender and all these things. I think he probably kind of believes them. But at the end, they just give him more power. I, I think, first of all, he believe it. And I think also it's because he believes in a big government that will fix every problem in our society. Uh, that's his philosophy. And you know, when he said that, you know, I don't know, uh, um, Canada has no core identity, uh, or, or Canada is the first uh, post-national state, you know, people, they, they, they understand in Canada that we, we are a nation, we are not a post-nation state. We, are, we have Canadian values and we share the Western civilization values. So for him, is a little bit like his father, you know, uh, the UN and the world is important and the mass immigration and open borders and everybody, everybody can come to Canada. Uh, that's what people, they don't like that in Canada. They want us to respect our immigration system and, and having a sustainable immigration system. So Trudeau, I think, wants to build a big government and at the end he believes in a supranational government, uh, you know, he, uh, he just signed in 2010 uh, with the UN, there's the UN, uh, UNPA, UN Parliamentary Assembly, it's, uh, it's a group that want to promote a world government mm -hmm. like the, uh, the EU Parliament that will be able to uh, write legislation that will be binding uh, with and, and with uh, countries, and they will lose their sovereignty. And Trudeau in 2010 uh, promote that and believe in that. So it's all about the UN. It's all about the big government, and uh, it's all about him trying to find the right policies that will solve every problems. But 
That's not the case. Just less regulation, more freedom, you'll have more prosperity. I think people are, are tired of that in Canada. It almost strikes me as it's like a psychological condition more than anything else. <laughs> it's just like sort of what, like it's obvious to me that you believe in just that the individual can, yeah. to the best of their ability, solve their problems. Not uh, all of them, but to the best of their ability. Absolutely. And I think that this other set of people believe that, I, I don't know, it's a, I would view it as almost a very dim way of viewing humans that if we all weren't controlled, that endless evil would spread everywhere or, or something to that effect. Yeah, I think they believe that Canadians are children and, you know, they must uh, follow regulation and, you, but I trust, you know, I have faith in people. I have faith that they have the ability, the dignity and the right to make their own decision and determine their own destiny. Uh, that's important for us. That's important for me. And yes, you can make, you can make a mistake, but you'll be responsible of your success and your, your, your mistake. That's how you learn in a society. Uh, that's why, you know, uh, speaking about that, people like me a little bit, and they're, they're looking at Jordan Peterson and they're saying, oh, Bernie, personal responsibility, and, and Jordan also, is, his book, it's all about that, you know? Clean yeah. your, your, your room before, yeah. uh, before cleaning the, the world. So, so be responsible of your action, and, and that's what we want to do. That's what, as a politician, I want, to, I want to do. Well, I mentioned it before we sat down, but I may as well say it on camera, that when I go to these events in, with Jordan, and especially the 12 or 15 we did in Canada, I say something about Trudeau and the whole audience boos. I say something about you and the whole audience goes crazy. So, so something good is happening. Um, you've mentioned uh, borders a couple yeah, of times. Yeah. This does seem to now be the hot one, at least in the United States, where we seem to be caught between either a wall or open borders. And, it, and it's, such a, it's, it's not a real choice, I yeah. don't think. It's not a sensible choice. And in one hand, if you're for the wall, they say you're racist. If you say mm. you're for open borders, then you're an anarchist or, yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. it is. So what would be the right way to look at borders if you want to maintain your national sovereignty? When you run a small business, but you need more capital for things like hiring more employees, buying inventory, or upgrading your office space, what do you do? You get On Deck. On Deck is 100% committed to small business owners with fast, easy, and tailored financing. You can get funding in as fast as 24 hours with term loans up to $500,000 and lines of credit up to 100,000, none of which require business collateral. The application process is simple and won't impact your personal credit. OnDeck loan specialists deliver some of the best customer service, and OnDeck has an A rating with the Better Business Bureau. If you're a small business owner and need access to capital, go to OnDeck.com slash Ruben right now. As an exclusive listener to this podcast, you'll receive a free consultation with one of their U.S.-based loan specialists. Apply online or by phone and get approved in minutes. Go to OnDeck.com slash Ruben. That's O-N D-E-C-K dot com slash R-U-B-I-N for your free consultation now. And now back to the show. Yeah, and that's a debate that we're having right now in Canada because, as you know, we have people who are crossing the border uh, from the state of New York to Quebec, and um, they, they, they are asking to... They said that they're refugees, and actually they're not real refugees. You know, your life is not in danger in, in the state of New York. Uh, but that being said... They uh, think it is. Though. They think... It's, you know, it's, it's perceived. Yeah, perceived. Yeah, yeah but, um, but uh, the last two years, I think more than 40,000 people crossed the border illegally. So the Trudeau government doesn't want to fix that. 
and that's a big issue in Canada. So uh, what I'm asking as a politician, we have an immigration system, and that is, it, but it, it was going very well, a point system. So it's a privilege to be Canadians. And we want people who come here to share our Canadian values, our basic Western civilization values, and, uh, and it's a privilege. So we have three kinds of immigrants in Canada, the reunification of family, the refugees, and the economic immigrant, the person that will come because they have a job, because the business was not able to find a Canadians for that job. So they are coming, they have a job, and usually it's easier to integrate a society if you have a job. But we don't need to build a wall uh, between Canada and US. We just need to be sure to respect our immigration system. And the way to do that is to have a discussion with President Trump about the third safe uh, country agreement. We, an ag we have an agreement with the US about that. And to fix that loophole so people who are crossing at a real point of entry it's okay, but people who are crossing and not a real point of entry, uh, we, they must go back to the U.S. and we must have an agreement with the U.S. about that. And I think we can have that kind of agreement if we sit with the, the Trump administration. But at the same time, we must be clear that people who are coming to Canada must come from the right reason. And these people who are crossing uh, our border uh, right now, 40% of them will have to be deported because they're not real refugees. So it's a big cost for Canadian taxpayers because these people will be deported maybe in three years from now. So we must fix that and we have a strong position in our platform. Yes, we'll fix that at the border, but we need, don't need to impose a, a wall. We don't mm -hmm. need to create a wall. But the most important, we need to focus on more economic immigrants. That's what we need in Canada, and a little bit less of refugees and a little bit less of reunification of family. So that's a strong position. But uh, saying that, uh, yes, it's a risk in Canada when yeah. you see that as a politician. Um, but I'm taking that risk. And uh, yeah. What, what do you make of the libertarian argument that is pro-open border? Because I've had many guests yeah. here that are libertarian that take that position. I, I've never been convinced of it. I actually, I just, yeah. I don't understand the fundamental premise because as you said earlier, it's if you're a nation, a nation has borders. That's yeah. just, otherwise yeah. everything is just an amorphous blob. But what, I'm sure you hear this when yeah. you're in libertarian circles. So what do you make of that argument? Yeah. That's not coming from the left. That's coming from in a, in a different uh, Yeah, absolutely. So w our party is, uh, we're not anti-immigration and we're not open borders and for mass immigration. So what we want is a little bit less immigrant, 250,000 a year, like we had under Stephen Harper, not 350,000 a year to do increase, to do a government, they increase that by uh, um, uh, 40%. So uh, what I'm saying uh, when people say, oh, you know, open border is good, it's not, it's not everybody that can be part of a nation. If you don't support our values, if you are, I don't know, pro-Sharia uh, law, that's against our values, that's again freedom uh, between men and women, equality between men and women, the respect of the rule of law. If you want to impose a new rule of law, a Sharia law, uh, the integration won't be very well mm -hmm. in our society. So these people, uh, must, 
they, they must share our values, our Western civilization values. So that's why if you have an open border and you want everybody from everywhere to come to Canada, that will create tension and, and, and dislike in the population. And that's happening actually in Europe actually right yeah. now. Are, are you able to point to that? That's the one thing that I've never understood, that Europe is having all of these integration problems. Yeah. Merkel has basically said she screwed up. Yeah. You know, after letting a million people in, yeah. Are you able to point to that and say, you see, they might have? We, uh, that's the warning. That's I'm the doing warning. that. You know, journalists are telling are telling me, Maxime, nothing happened in Canada. It's a great country. I said, yes, it is a great country, but I want this country to be like that in 20 years from <laughs> now. So that's why we must have the discussion right now. And, and people who are coming to Canada must must share our values. If not, you know, they're not welcome because the integration will be very difficult. And that's that's the Trudeau government policy on extreme multiculturalism. So, you know, for Trudeau, diversity is our strength. strength. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's unity who is our strength as a country. Mm -hmm. uh, but Trudeau is always pushing for more diversity, more diversity, more diversity. Uh, and uh, I said that and I tweet about that. More diversity won't help our country. At the end, it will destroy our country. I know that we, there's, Canada is a diverse country with people coming from different countries and with different culture, but at the end, they integrated our society because they believe in our freedom, in our values, in a, and they want to share uh, our traditions and our heritage, celebrate our heritage. So that's what we want. And we need to have that discussion in Canada. And I'm having that discussion actually. So that's why I don't believe in open borders. I think it will create uh, too much diversity. And I want people who come in our country to share our values. And it's a privilege to be Canadians and uh, uh, like it's a privilege to be an American. So yeah. we must choose our immigrants. And we did that for the last 35 years. And that was very successful for our country. And people. And it's interesting, you're only trying to roll it back to what it was 40% less. I mean, it's not like you're doing something. It's not like you're saying we're not letting anyone in. No, only no. 100 people are coming in. Yeah, just yeah. going back to you know, it's, a couple it, of years ago, yeah. And it is uh, Justin Trudeau who is radical because the last poll in Canada, 49% of Canadians said that they want fewer immigrants and only 6%. 6% of Canadians said that they want more immigrants. So who is the radical? Maxime Bernier or Justin Trudeau? Justin Trudeau increased that by 40%. So that's a fact. And, and that's what Canadian I think they're fed up with. It's extreme, extreme multiculturalism, uh, the cult of diversity, uh, you know, it, it, too much is too much. And I think Canadian can see that in the future, if you go on on, on that road, uh, will have more uh, problem and the integration would be more difficult. And, uh, but I'm not anti-immigrants and people came in our country and they built this country, uh, so, uh, but they came for the right reason and they're proud to be Canadians. Yeah. But the liberals and, and the conservatives are doing identity politics and they try to please every special uh, interest group, but every special ethnic groups also. So, you know, and they call that outreach. Uh, but for me, the policies must be the same for every Canadians and we don't do any difference with your, your race, your gender or what. So for us, it is not important. But the Canadian government is playing like, is playing that 
that, uh, that they are doing these policies, and I think that won't, uh, that won't be good at the end for our country. Yeah, so speaking of these policies, I've also seen you on Twitter. You're not a big fan of what's going on at the UN these days. <laughs> no, I'm not. To say the least. Uh, can, you, can you lay out why the UN, but, why, why you're so down on the UN? But it's, it's a, it's, first of all, it's a dysfunctional organization. Um, uh, just f as example, I think the last two years they voted 21 resolutions against Israel on human rights and only one or two resolutions against China or Cuba or, or Venezuela. So, you know, and the countries that are on that uh, human rights committees uh, are, you <laughs> it's, know... It's like, all the bad guys. Yeah, it's all the bad guys. <laughs> and yeah. Iraq, uh, China, uh, uh, all, all the bad guys, yeah. all the dictatorships. So, so it's, it's a joke. Uh, but do you want, want to impose their vision of the world on other countries. And, uh, you know, I was against recently uh, against the uh, compact on mi migration. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, they, they want migrants to be normal. It is not normal. People must be able to live in their country. We must try to bring peace and prosperity. And that's, that's the most important. But no, they want that to be normal. There, there's 250 million people that are migrants uh, on the globe and they want to facilitate that so and the Trudeau government signed that agreement but it was they were saying oh it's not binding it's not binding but at the end why signing an agreement <laughs> and if you said that you will follow all that but yeah it's not binding but you will put legislation in place to be in line with the agreement that you sign, so that will have an effect on our country at the end. It won't be imposed by the UN, it will be imposed by a legitimate uh, elected Canadian government. So, Which so, is ironic because the Paris Accord was non-binding too, yeah. and he was all about the Paris Accord. That, absolutely, yeah. yeah, you're right. So I think people there, and I think I was very clear about it, and, and uh, I had a lot of support about that, that migrant uh, compact, and people understand that, you know, we have our sovereignty as a country, and, and we must be able to select our immigrants, and so that's coming from the UN, so yes, you're right, uh, I, I don't like the UN, I think that uh, they're not so efficient, and, um, and I'm clear about that. Yeah, do you guys have a strain, you know, we're seeing in Europe now where there's nationalist parties that there does seem to be a strain of sort of ethno-nationalism or something that has a different racial connotation to it. Do you guys have a strain of that in Canada? Because it seems to me that I think what's happening, and we're starting to see it here, is that if the, if the good liberals and, and the good libertarians and the people who just want to live and let live, if they don't start making some advances against this radical leftism that's moving, there's going to be a lot of people that break in a bad way. Yeah. And in a weird way, I wouldn't be able to blame them. Yeah. And, and I say that as someone that has no racism in my heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they would be left with no alternative as they watch their country yeah. uh, crumble. Do, do you have any of that in Canada? No, we don't. And it's good news. But at the end, that's why we must have this discussion. Yeah. And, and I don't fear to have the discussion. For me, there's no political correctness, there's no uh, taboo subject, uh, and we need to have that discussion, and I'm having that discussion with Canadians. And I think it is time to have that discussion. If we wait too long, that can yeah. happen in our yeah. country. Yeah, so, 
So right now, I, th I would imagine there's probably some people on the right that are saying, well, Bernier, if he gains too much strength, it'll sort of split the right, and then that gives us Trudeau. I mean, this is always the argument yeah, against yeah. libertarians, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And I say this as someone that vo I voted for Gary Johnson, and, <laughs> you know, and I get it. The more, at, at some micro level, yeah. when it's you, the third party is usually the libertarian party, that's usually gonna take from the conservatives more than the lefties, and then, then there is an argument that you're always gonna end up with a lefty government. I suspect as the guy leading this thing, you don't buy that argument, at I least don't, in the long term. I don't buy that, but actually it is the only argument that my opponent, the Conservative Party of Canada, has. Um, and, and so that's their whole thing is, oh, this yeah, guy, you vote for this guy, you're gonna fracture us. That, they have a weak leader, there's no conviction there. Uh, you know, the Conservatives are doing a lot of polling, polling and focus group and survey, but they're not doing politics by conviction. And I'm doing politics by conviction, and we must speak about what we believe openly with passion and conviction, and that's what I'm doing. That's a big difference with me and Andrew Scheer. And, and Andrew Scheer uh, tried to please everybody, and he said actually, uh, at the, the, uh, he was with the Toronto Sun, and he said, my party, he is a centrist, centrist pragmatic, uh, political party, open for a lot of ideas for a lot of people. So what he's saying is he doesn't have any principle, doesn't <laughs> have any conviction, doesn't have any vision for the country. He wants to please everybody, but at the end when you please everybody, you end up pleasing nobody. So that's, the conservative are not, I think are not happy with him, but they're telling me, Maxime, we want to win, and yes, you are splitting the vote. But I'm saying in a democracy, <laughs> the vote, it's always split. If you don't want anyone to split the vote, it would be a dictature. You don't have, so, so what I'm telling them is, Andrew Scheer, when I was with him, when I was a conservative, um, he was not winning against Justin Trudeau. Mm -hmm. He was always six to eight points behind Justin Trudeau. And Maxime Bernier is not with Andrew Scheer right now, and uh, Andrew Scheer is not winning. He's behind, Andrew, uh, behind Justin Trudeau by four to six points now. So he's not able to win. So what I'm saying to people, vote for your values, vote for what you believe in, be part of the change, be with us. We have the momentum right now. We have the real conservative policies and ideas and come with us and we'll, we'll see what will happen. Maybe we can be, uh, we can have the balance of power in, in a parliamentary system. Uh, we can be in power also. I don't know. I don't know what will happen, but I know that we have the momentum. And so, I, so you think it's a risk will, worth taking regardless, even if, even if at the end of the day, the party splits, or not the party because yeah. it's two separate parties, but the votes are split enough that you end up with Trudeau again. You think it's just long term, it's what you have to do, basically. Uh, you have to vote for what you believe, you know, and I'm giving them another alternative. And you know, why you will vote for a politician that is telling you something and at the end he won't do any reform, he won't do anything because he will look at the poll and he won't be able to do that. I'm speaking about real conservative reform before, after, 
and during an election time, every time. So yes, that there's a risk over there that Justin Trudeau be erected, but maybe he will have he would be erected only as a minority government. Mm -hmm. And if it's a minority government and we are there with a lot of seats, we can be the difference and we can impose our reform to the government or re reverse the government. We don't know what we can do, but I don't know what can happen, but I'm telling them that's a risk. But you know, <laughs> Vote, vote for what you think will be good for this country in the long term. That's what we're doing right now. We, they, they like the poll. That's why I'm telling you that's the only argument that they have. Yeah. Uh, but the goal, and I, I think I can defeat Justin Trudeau, the most important for me actually, is to be able to have candidates all across the country in every riding and we'll be able to have that. So we're not a regional party, we're our national party uh, in Quebec and outside Quebec and all across the country. And also I'll be, I will be present at the national debate on, on the national TV during the, during the election campaign in uh, September, October. And that would be important for me as the leader of a new party to be there. And I think I'll be able to question the other leader, to, to, to challenge them, and that will help our party at the end. So we can be a big surprise, and I'm telling people, come with us, vote for what you believe, be part of the change, and, and we'll be able to do something. I don't know what would be the end result of all that, but I can tell you that uh, we are able to change the country for the better. Yeah, that, that should be the ending, but I'm not quite, I'm not quite done yet, but that was, that, was, that was the ending portion here in a way. That was your, that was your closing stump speech there. What, what do you make of um, sort of the, the state? We haven't talked at all about religion. It's one of the, the themes yeah. that we've talked a lot about here, and I know you're, you're obviously yeah. familiar with Jordan Peterson's yeah. work. Um, that it seems that the way that Western countries have, say, moved off of Judeo-Christian values, yeah. that they've replaced everything with a big state. I, I actually don't know what you're... Oh, yeah, they, they, actually, that's, that's, I believe in that. And uh, that happened in Quebec, in my own province in Quebec, at the provincial level. You know, we had the relationship with the state and, and the church in Quebec in the 1950, 1960, uh, and and after that, you know, we we did at the provincial level a quiet revolution, uh, and so we replaced <laughs> we replaced the the, the church by a, a bigger state, uh, and that happened in Quebec, and we still have a big fat government at the provincial level in Quebec. That's why you know Quebec. Uh, uh, is a, a poor province in Canada. We have a kind of a formula in Canada in the Constitution. In the, we call that the equalization uh, formula. The rich provinces are giving money to poor provinces, and Quebec received equalization money for the last 50 years. So, so because bad economic policies at the provincial level and because of a big state at the provincial level. Does it ever so, work? Does, no, does shifting no. the money ever work? I mean, why did they have to do it for 50 years if this was so the good policy? Yeah, yeah, it's, but politicians like to, to give money and to, but so, so what you're saying about the, when I think we did that in Quebec and, and at the federal level with the Trudeau government, they want a bigger state, absolutely. So I agree with Jordan when he said when when he, he said that uh, that was the case at the provincial level in Quebec, a little bit more evident, but also at the federal level. So people want politicians want a bigger government, and and the, the, 
the more bigger the government is, the more power they have, the more regulation they're doing, the more influence they will have. And, and, and so for, for me, I don't buy that. So, the, so as dead. a libertarian in government, which as I started this, is an odd thing because it's the only type of people that want to scale back <laughs> the very thing they're becoming part of. Yeah. Are you worried at all that everything has become political? That it seems politics has sort of replaced sports? at least here yeah. in the United States. The way we talk about politicians is the way you used to talk about athletes. Yeah. We worship these people who've never accomplished anything, but they're good on sound bites. Or Trudeau <laughs> has nice hair and wears nice yeah. socks, yeah. although you're clearly, you're doing all right in the sock game. But, but that we, we worship these people who should have, in a, in, if we were doing this right, would have almost no control over us. And yet we, we've elevated them to some magical state. That's gotta be just weird for you personally as someone that, you want to scale this thing yeah. back, and yet you have to be part of I have this to be machine. part of that. I have yeah. to be part of that to do that. You're yeah. absolutely right. Uh, but yes, and, and I think that the population, sometimes they're putting too much, too much uh, uh, faith in a politician to change things, you know? And that's what I'm telling to people, you know? I will, I will put forward the policies that we believe in, but after that, you know, when we'll have more competition, no more corporate welfare, a government that respects the Constitution, and, and will all these extreme multiculturalism policies will, you know, that's, that is there to buy votes, ethnic voting, and with different communities, will we'll abolish these policies. So I'm telling them I'll do that, but at the same time, I'm doing that because I believe in you, because I don't want to save you for every individual problems that you can have in your life uh, I want you to be responsible that's a little bit uh, but you know I'm the only politician who speak like that <laughs> and for me you know I believe in free markets I believe in competition but when you don't have competition it is fun <laughs> in politics you know other politicians are too afraid to say that and for me uh, that, that's great because uh, I don't have uh, political competition on what I'm seeing. But you're right, you know, people must be responsible and we must have a smaller government. And I want, I want to have that job to be sure to do what I want to do and help people in the right way by giving them back their, their responsibility and giving them back their own money and uh, uh, giving them back the, uh, increasing their purchasing power. So all the things that if they have more money in, the in their pockets, they'll be, able, they'll, they'll be able to do more things. And so for them or for their family. So that's, uh, that's what I want to do in politics and I like that. Actually, it's my best time in politics right now. Yeah, all right, I normally don't enter end interview asking for a favor <laughs> but my favor is this if you can make this thing work in Canada can you then send somebody down to fix the libertarians in the United States because <laughs> our libertarians need some help I mean but your, your voice and, and someone that's speaking clarity on libertarian issues because yeah. we have a lot of talkers that are doing it yeah. we have a lot of youtubers and yeah. think tanks that do it really well but for whatever reason and I, I again I voted for Gary Johnson I think he's a yeah, really yeah. nice yeah. man but he, he wasn't a great candidate we, we need that, what, what you're presenting. So if you've got anybody, can you, can you send them our way when you're done with this thing? <laughs> Don't deal. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, well, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming in. And Thanks, for Zane. more on Maxime, you can check out peoplespartyofcanada.ca.